There are many stories of black Americans abroad, and I'd like to share them with you. Welcome to Black, black Americans. Americans. Black 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 Americans making their mark. Stories abroad. All right, again, okay. welcome everybody, you know, to another segment of Black Americans Make the Mark Stories Abroad. Uh, today we have four great, lovely people, mixed diversity, all from the United States. Uh, everybody go around, say your name, um, where you're from in America, and how long you've been here in Shaman or China in general. You can start with you, Michael. Hello, my name is Michael. I'm from the United States. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I've lived in China since the year 2010. That's been a long, long, long time. Okay. And uh, I've lived in Ningbo, okay. in Chengdu, and I've lived here in Xiamen for longer than I care to remember. And for those people who don't know where that is, Google it or yeah. Baidu it or whatever. Asia? Uh, well, hi everyone. My name is Asia. I'm from Tampa, Florida in the U.S. I came to Xiamen seven months ago. Actually, so I'm still fairly new. Little baby. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it here. I really do. And like before I got here, everyone was like, "Don't go, don't go." But Shaman is like Florida, so I feel like I'm at yeah. home just with a lot of Chinese people. It's great. Ben. My name is Ben Mitchell. I'm from the U.S. I'm from uh, Oklahoma, and I've been in China for six years. <clears throat> all of it in Shaman, and uh, it's great. Okay. JQ. The famous JQ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my name is JQ. I'm from Washington, D.C., in the United States, the capital where the White House is. So I lived, I came to China also in 2010, but I've been on and off for a total <clears throat> of six years. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to have all of you here. Um, some veterans here in China, some babies here in China. I'm like a semi-baby, I'm only been here a little over a year, so uh, it is what it is. So let's get into this conversation. Let's get into the first question, okay? <clears throat> uh, as Americans, you know, uh, here in China, what has been um, people's impressions of you uh, as an American? You know, we can get more specific as a black American or as a white American. What has been people's uh, impressions of you? Uh, since you got here, and that's all we've been. And it can be uh, for Chinese and other non-Americans. This was been that impressions, and may have it. How's it been? Maybe different, or what you heard about yourself in America? Uh, when I first got here in 2012 um, in Shaman, I feel like back then it was only six years ago. But back then, people were still kind of shocked mm -hmm. to see somebody, even though Shaman's kind of known for being, a, you know, there's a lot of foreigners in Shaman. Um, I had a lot of people tell me that I wasn't American, that I had to be Russian or <laughs> something else, uh, which I thought was, you know, funny. It never really bothered me. Um, the, the thing that I get the most is silence and people looking up and doing this all the time, <laughs> or, you know, just something about my height. Um, when I tell them that I'm from the U.S., they just say, oh, America's very good. That's it. You okay. know? If I speak a little Chinese, then they start to bring up issues with it. Like, oh, you can understand, so I got some things to tell you. And that's the way you tell somebody. And then they, you know, go off their laundry list of whatever problems they have with the U.S. But it's it's never been negative. Okay. Think, yeah. Asia, how about you? What have been people? You've been here seven months. What have been people's impressions of you uh, since you've been here in China? You know, before I got here, like, I mentally prepared myself by going on YouTube, right? So what's it like being black in China? It was like what I Googled, right? But when I got here, I, it wasn't, um, I guess for this city, like Ben said, it is more of an international hub, right? So it's a softer landing. And for that reason, I didn't feel that like initial like shock culturally right. outside of like not understanding Chinese, right? But um, as like I got a little bit more comfortable, went out, and um, kind of live my life day to day, I realized people like to take pictures of you. Right, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I felt like a celebrity, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, 
Um, and so I realized, though, the more ethnic that you look, like if you do something like this, or if you have like head wraps or long, you know, braids and stuff, people are like, wow, right. you know. So um, yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't think I've had negative responses. I think people don't automatically think I'm American. They think I'm African. Um. Yeah. So it's always oh. Say Jordan, like right. no. <laughs> and they don't even associate blackness with America, right? Not always. Some Not people always, know, yeah. and when I start speaking, they're like, "Oh, you're American." Uh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael, how about you? My experience has been very similar to Ben's. Um, for the most part, and I've been here since 2010, so I've seen like an <clears throat> like a kind of arc between how people treated me when I first got here compared to today. Right. Um, when I first came to China. In 2010, and I should explain. I actually came to China even before that, for briefly. Um, nobody had seen anybody who wasn't like themselves. It's right. a, it a very homogenous society. Right. Everybody was used to people who are of Asian descent. So when they saw a person who looked very different from them, they would do things like take pictures all the time, or try right. to stop me, or like ask me questions. But it's similar to what Ben said. Now I've seen that change so much in the eight years I've been here, but it's still kind of there. And uh, it also, it, again, it really depends on where you are. It's like Asia said, uh, Xiamen is more of a kind of, you know, open place. It's a coastal city, all the coastal cities, but especially Xiamen, Guangzhou, Shanghai, are very much more open. Even today, though, like I just last month went to a city called Dongguan, which is like a really small town, and it was like going back in time, mm. and and people were like, whoa. <laughs> a white person right. and they wow. like, took photos of me right. and stuff I was like I thought these days were behind me but for the most part it's been very positive I don't think uh, there's a lot of discrimination in China towards American people specifically or even foreigners generally but when you have lived here for a while you'll start to notice that there are certain like barriers that are kind of hidden mm -hmm. right when you're just interacting with people on a, at a friendly level or right. working with them you don't encounter them but when it comes to certain things like uh uh, going to certain people's houses right. or like like if you date somebody from this culture like going home with them or right. them telling their parents or other things like this government stuff there's like they don't want too many foreigners involved okay but you don't usually don't see that right away oh deep <clears throat> the famous JQ what you got what you got boys well when I first came I didn't really speak the language so I was I, I had no idea what anybody was saying, but it was still the same thing. Like, I'm so tall. Right. Everybody's like, wow, do you play in the NBA? Right. Are you an NBA player? Blah, blah, blah. All the time, all the time. And then, what you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was sort of that, that same type of shock thing. But as years go on, and you start to learn the language more. Now you understand what they say, like, right. especially when you're in the elevator and they say something like, "Oh, I know that. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're saying." Right. So sometimes it could be a um, a shock, especially when you see the children and the children mm -hmm. see you and they say, "Oh, why right. are mom?" Yeah. Or "Hey, right. mom." Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but um, like I said, it's it's not a it's not a racist society. It's very um, it's very welcoming. Very okay. welcoming. Once you have a Chinese brother, you have a brother for life. Okay. Now, let's, let's, okay. Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about like not specifically racism, but like like colorism, right? A little bit, right? So I I go back to you with this, JQ. As a as a Black American, do you see yourself treated differently than your fellow white Americans here in China? Um. Wow! What a powerful <laughs> question. Need a powerful response. <laughs> Come on, Come on yes. with it. Like, do you, do you just, you know, spit it out? Within this community, yes, I would okay. say so. Well, yes. what, what, what are some of those, and you all can, can piggyback off of this, of course. So what, what are some of those differences that you may see that you receive of being treated differently than maybe Ben or Michael? Just because we all American, but our right, skin right. tones are different. Right? right. Well, since I'm in the entertainment industry um usually when it when i usually since i'm in the entertainment industry usually they their first their first thing is they want um they do want black singers all right you know what i'm saying they do right. want black singers 
And so it's kind of like, um, I, I can't, actually, you know what? I take that back. I, I can't say, I don't know if I have the right say because I'm, I'm in a different kind of industry. If I was like in a teaching industry, it would be different. <clears throat> right. I'm in entertainment, it's so, more like. So are you saying that like, oh yeah, you can uh, run, sing, and do all this as a black? <laughs> <laughs> we cool with that. Like if you're black, you're cool. We, is it are you saying this right, like, right, right? So if you if you're black and it's entertainment, entertainment. It's, it's, okay. it's it's okay. Right, you're gonna get treated. You're gonna get treated nice, fairly. Right, you know, right, from anybody right. else, regardless of the skin color. Right. Maybe even a little better because it may think you're better or saying you're right. Right. Because, because of your yeah. because of your black. Right, based on the stereotypes. But as oh, a teacher, right. it's different, right? Oh, speak on that, Asian. No, really. And I was I was speak like, okay, that. so I wonder what you're gonna. But I'm happy that. JQ, you made the distinction between the entertainment industry and the education sector yeah. because it's pronounced. You will see advertise, advertisements for teachers, specifically a white teacher. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll go as far as saying blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll add in blue eyes, you know, because that's their idea of what a good English teacher looks like, right? I, I sat in an interview with this one lady. Um, for a learning center, I, I, I was already working full time. I'd started my own um, like classes at my apartment, really cool stuff, right? Um, and she was like, yeah, I want you to come and, you know, try some classes, demo some classes. Okay, I'm interested, you know, tell me more. And she was like, well, number one, the parents, they're going to want a white teacher, but, you know, I'm sure you're used to hearing that. And I'm like, that was my first, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first time, you know, no actually hearing, normal, some, yeah. right, hearing someone can sort of articulate that. And she, she, she was well-traveled. She worked in New York, um, uh, Department of Education, stuff like that. And so she was leveling with me. She was like, I just want you to be prepared for that. Some parents are going to pretty much count you out because you're black. All right. um, and it's just because of, I guess, their misconceptions with, you know, whether or not black people can speak English. Right. You know, a lot of them think that black people are from Africa. Right. Um, but I have another family that I, I tutor, you know, their four-year-old daughter. Right. They're pretty wealthy, very well-traveled. They have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. So it's not everybody. It's right. just people who might be closed-minded. Right. And that's everywhere. So, I, yeah, I, I have a lot of stories about this. <laughs> but so, like, because it's going to be, this, I'm like, just looking outside in, right? You, you know, is white privilege... Yeah, I'm going to have to say that white privilege is very, very, very prevalent in the English language education. And when we say English language education, to be clear to people at home, I'm, we mean also training centers and things like this that are not accredited, which most of us end up working in at some point. But even in places like <laughs> elementary schools and stuff. Um, yeah, so I remember, Just I'm just going to tell a story. This is a true story. Okay. Right. Tell when it. I was living in Ningbo in two, from 2010 to 2012, I worked at an English school. I'm not going to name names. And it was a very good school, actually. The, uh, the people who worked there were very good. It was a very big foreign community. We had many different kinds of people there. The guy who ran the school was Canadian. Okay. He happened to be a white guy. And he was very, he wasn't, I would say he wasn't racist. And he certainly, he certainly wasn't. But he got into a huge argument with the Chinese owners. And the reason why is because he had hired an African-American woman to teach at her school. And he stood up for her and said, she's perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. She worked at the same company, the same school in a different province. Right. So she had transferred her resume to them and he received it. And he really, really wanted to hire her because she had worked there for like five years. Right. She was trying to be part of the management. She had a great record. She was a wonderful teacher in every way, but she was black. And because it was like a franchise school, so even though they had like a bigger like network or whatever, they were still owned locally by this or that Chinese family. And this right. Chinese family was adamantly against hiring her because she was black, just because she was black. Even though we already had two people of color already working there. All right. uh, eventually the Canadian guy won and we hired her and she mm -hmm. turned out to be a great teacher. Okay. So, yeah. so I want to kind of stay on this topic, but, but being, I want you to kind of answer in a different way. As a, as a, <laughs> as a, um, a white American here, hearing these stories, how does that like make you feel? How does that sit with you? Do you when think I, about like, man, like, whoo, black Americans got it tough everywhere, man. I just, we, they can't catch a break, or like, like, well, I'm glad I'm not black, you know? Like, how do, like, how do, like, how do you, like, how do you, like, how do you? I take would be, that? I would be lying if I never thought at least once or twice, like, God, it's so much easier just because I'm white, right? Because right. you see uh, people that can't speak English at all right. teaching. English here. Yeah. Like, uh, 
not singling out Russians, but there's a lot of <laughs> people hire Russians because they have blonde hair, blue okay. eyes. They look like they're from the U.S., but they don't speak any English at all. Just off the their skin color. When I first came here to teach, I had no idea what the culture was like. I didn't speak any of the language. I just came to because a friend said it would be, you know, a blast for a few months or whatever. Okay. And I got a job, and it came up. You know, this guy that was working at a school, he was black, and he was having problems. He was taking it real chill. He he was like, oh, this happens all the time. I lost it. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, right. it's just racist. This is racist. Right. And he's like, it, it, it is, but it's, but it's not what you think it is. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> what else would it be? Like, this is like, I get benefits that you don't just because I'm white. And he's like, yeah, but you have to understand, like, you know, there's like in Chinese history, it's not the same as U S history and the attitudes are different. Right. Yes. They treat me differently, but it's not for the same reasons as somebody back home. Right would treat me just because I'm black. Right. And so he kind of learned to just accept it and go. And, it, you know, it's it still bothers me. It should bother right. everybody. But it's, like you said, people tell you, like, just be prepared because this is not going to go the way you want it to go. You know what I mean? And so... And they sure do hire. Because, like, again, in the education industry, right. they will hire Caucasian people from countries that do not speak English because yeah. they happen to be Caucasian and will turn away people, not just black people, but I've right. seen Asian Americans, Arab Americans, Hispanic Americans, right. anybody who happens not to be, like, Nordic right. stock or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like, blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever we are. I don't right. know. Like, even people from, like... I, I would say, because I'm not, you know, I don't know what to say, like people from like South European stuff, like kind of Italian looking people. Right. I, in fact, I have an Italian <laughs> friend. Yeah. I have a guy who's, who's an Italian American. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he, he happens to be a little bit, you know, darker skinned because he's, he's, I guess he's from Southern Italy ancestrally or whatever. Right. And I, I tried to get him a job at a place I was working. I'm, I'm friends with this guy. Right. And he was, he was, he fell in some hard times, needs some work. So I tried to introduce him to a place I work. Like, is he American? <laughs> he looks, he kind of looks like he's from Greece or Italy or somewhere. Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's American right. actually, but they turned him away. Hmm. He looked like, he looked like Al Pacino basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we talked about kind of the different dynamics of what maybe uh, racism, discrimination maybe look like here in China. Right. And so, um, to, to you, Ben, as a, as a white American, because, um, you know, in America, racism and color and all that is in your face in a lot of different ways, right? Through Not just through occupation, through clothes, like what we just find out through Gucci, Prada, now Burberry, all these things, always in your face. Our history, pretty much everything is black and white, right? As a white American, does being away from that type of environment um, promote better mental health for you? That's kind of a <clears throat> better mental health. Oh, I mean, it's a lot less stressful, I guess. Yeah, that's that stress, less stress um, usually help you help. <laughs> mental health with that. When I, when I moved here, I wasn't coming from a place that was necessarily, it, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of tension right. where I came. I mean, I came from Oklahoma, so there's definitely some history there. Right. But I never ran into a situation where white or black dictated something happening, you know. Right. So it wasn't really on my mind. Being here and seeing the news from the outside back home, it's, I don't know, like, it's nice being here and being able to comment on things that are happening back home without having to deal with it, right. I guess. Like, it, it, it sounds like a selfish thing, but it is strange, like, going back home and talking to friends who are in it and have so many opinions on so many tiny things you never even saw in the news right. or you know, this politician or this thing happened or he right. said this or he did this in his past and he should be doing this right. to me a lot of that i don't know mm-hmm. like being here and seeing the the issues and the things that people do with here and what they try like you said it's a very homogenous place here like they have this is who they are right. if you're from china you are chinese you right. look chinese or you know and that's kind of what i'm adjusted to right. now. but when i look at the news back home I'm kind of grateful that I don't have to talk to people about it all the time. You know, not that I would be afraid to, it's just... Is that stressful? So let's go to you. How, how do you feel about that, JQ? And, you know, just to be completely blunt, right? Being black in America is a whole different experience, right? Different reality. So for you, for being a black man at that, right? Like, 
does it does it promote your your uh, mental health? Does it help it? Um, like it being just, away from that, being yeah, being, yeah, so away. being away from home gives you this this peace of mind. Like you're oh, no. you're, you're at peace. Come <laughs> on now, you're you at better peace. say that. But you're but you're looking from the outside mm-hmm. in, and it gives you. You, you really get to see the details mm-hmm. of our culture, the mm-hmm. details of right. what's really going on, right. instead of being in it, right. uh, which, which kind of blinds you. So now that we're on the outside and we're looking in, we're also constantly visualizing what's happening in our country, because what happens in our country affects Americans here right. sometimes. Right. So, for example, there's a trade war happening right. that is also affecting us right. who are living abroad. So definitely paying attention, but um, yeah, it affects us. Yeah, it affects. Does it help? Do you feel? Do you feel but mentally? I do feel mentally. You free. You better. You feel. Ah, <laughs> I don't have to worry about driving and getting shot today. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You like feel more peaceful. You more definitely peaceful. feel more peaceful. Yeah, yeah. you can and and more able to focus. Michael, right. yeah. well, it's actually kind of interesting because you know I've lived. I lived in China since 2010, and before that, I lived in Japan from the year 2006 until 2010. So I, I missed uh, the entire Obama and now Trump presidencies right. entirely outside of the country. So when I was in America, I didn't always understand uh, what people meant when they talked about things like racism, right. uh, white privilege, stuff like this. Like I knew that it was there because I'd been taught that it was there, mm-hmm. but I'd never really seen it. And I guess maybe that that is kind of because I happen to be white. I came from an area that was mostly white, uh, but we had lots of black neighbors, Hispanic neighbors, Asian, but predominantly white, like maybe 70, 80% white. And then people would always say racism is there and everybody believed in it, at least all the people that the circles I went in. Of course, there are people who didn't, but I never really saw it. And it wasn't until I left the country that the contrast, like stepping outside of like a bright room and then looking back inside, like, oh, it becomes sharper. (coughs) Excuse me. The, um, you don't see how, how much, it, you don't really see how much race dictates stuff in America until you've left. So like one example would be, uh, and it's like subconsciously it never registered with me in the States, but when I left, like just, and this is just one example just to illustrate like music. So uh, at Shada, I have many, many, many friends from countries other than the United States, and there are lots of African people who study in China. And we went to a party, uh, and it was all, like, all the people there, it was one of the African students throwing it. I was the only white guy in the room, and they were listening to music, and the music they put on was um, Garth Brooks. Oh. It was country music. I was like, oh. Wow. And they're like, and they all loved it. <laughs> they all, and the very next song that they played after Garth Brooks was, like, uh, a, a song by Pitbull. Right. And, then, and I was like, hmm, this is an interesting combination of music. But then I realized they don't they don't register that there's a difference. It's like, like they're all, these music, are American, right, right, right. There is yeah, no yeah, such yeah. thing as black right. music and white music. It's like, these are famous American songs, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, you don't see, it's like, cause in the States, it almost registers like, if you go to a white person's party, right. they're probably going to play white, everything white is, quote unquote, white right, music. Right. And then you go, it's like, and you think about stuff like, okay, the way people dress, the way they talk, right. like, cause like all of the um, African students at Shada, for example, will like, they don't see those like boundaries. Right. So it's like, oh, like I'm going to wear a cowboy hat today and like a shirt that says right. like FUBU on it. Right. And there is no, <laughs> whatever, I know, okay, I'm, I'm very, I'm old, I'm old and dumb. What? I would love to see <laughs> Right, they, they do that. Or then again, they also wear some stuff that I've never seen anybody wear. Right. People from other countries, especially Eastern Europe and in Africa, like where they wear like, uh, like disco godfathers type like <laughs> clothes from like 50 years ago and like my name is Vladislav and then you know anyway that's something else I don't, I don't want to talk about uh, okay. Eastern European fashion Asia? but they don't okay sorry go ahead, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. I want to stop talking the question? so how does being because we know race and color but it's everything is black and white right and being away from that environment does that help your uh, mental health absolutely um you know, a lot of what I experienced in the, in the U.S. may not have been blatant when at times it was. A lot of it was microaggressions. A lot of it was things that were kind of subconscious, like in child rearing and cultural differences. Like um, 
specifically, like there's one instance and I wrote about it. I'm, um, I, I still write and I still do work in America. But one of the things I wrote about was being raised as a, as a black kid. We're always told, don't like if you're sitting in the back seat, don't turn around. Like, mm. don't look out the back seat. Don't turn on the light in the car because, right. you know, we thought you can get pulled over for that. Right. You know, if the police were behind you, don't look, don't turn around and look right. at them don't kind of thing. Don't look suspicious. Right, don't exactly. So <laughs> just think, something as simple as that, right? right? And coming to a place where, for the most part, nobody owns a gun unless you're law enforcement, right? And even then, like, it, just, just that. Right. I don't worry about my school that I teach at being right. shot up. Right. I don't worry about, um, I guess for me, being profiled because of a certain community. You right. Know, you don't right. worry. Just certain things you just don't worry about. Now, right. my stress comes from, oh, man, my siblings are still there. I wonder what my mm. brother's doing. And I wonder what my, you know, and so that's where my stress comes from. I've been completely removed from it, thankfully, you know. Um, and it's just such a weight off my shoulders, you know. Even though China has its own struggles, it's completely different. I would say that <clears throat> for the most part, it's it's not colorblind necessarily, mm-hmm. but but people definitely look at white and black a different way here. A big negative of that, though, is that you have a group of foreigners who have been here, <clears throat> sorry, for a long time, and maybe the habits they had at home that were negative, maybe right. like blatant racists or people right. that think they're better than somebody else right. can come to China and they can flourish mm-hmm. here. Oh, like, yeah. You'll meet people who are definitely, yeah. you know, it'll be a white guy and he's Australian and you'll say, uh, British people suck, Americans suck, right. Australians are the only real white people and right. don't even get me started on black people. It's right. like, what are you... Right. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a really small community. It's very small. But, but there are a lot of people that have these ideas, and right. here nobody checks them. Right. Nobody's yeah. going right. to take time out of their day right. to say, what, like, what is your problem? What are right. you going to do? Because you can just keep walking, and right. you'll probably never see them again. Anymore. So let me let me let me let me piggyback with another question off of that. So as Americans, as Black and White Americans, because we we're so used to everything being Black or White, White or Black. And in a broad setting, does does that make us closer, or does that make us more distant, or is it depending on the person, or how's our relationship? As we all Americans, but we we're so used to black and white. And maybe if you're in America, you grew up in an all black community. Do you do you, you had that mentality when you go abroad, or if you you know a white American grew up in an all white community, you keep that same. You know, mentality abroad, or does or do you see yourself being more connected with and having more rapports with, um, for example, JQ, more white people, or uh, being more black people being in the broad setting, or is this like, yeah, we, I'm, I'm just doing my own thing? I like, I can go to, go to Asia with this. Well, I mean, the only way I can really put it is like I think of it as who would be invited to the cookout kind right. of thing. If I had a cookout at my place. You know, and I meet right. someone. You know, I feel like you would, you would, we would vibe well at the cookout. Though. Right, right. And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't. I, I would say I can count on one hand in seven months the number of people who I have said just you are not invited, right? right? Because it takes a certain kind of person to move abroad. Right. Number one, right. Um, you know, another kind of person to move abroad to China. Right. You know, and so I would say I haven't encountered a lot of the people that. Then talked about, but they are there. (laughs) And I know that the longer I stay here, you know, you will meet them. But for the most part, I think white or black or, you know, any other kind of race, as long as you speak English, I'm happy. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? So you would say it's it's easier to form relationships with with, with white white people here? Absolutely, yes. Because it's a different, I'm sorry to say this, it's a different breed of white people. <laughs> I'm serious. Different breed, okay. It's, it's true. Different breeding. Yeah, different stock. Really, different stock. That's the word you use, right? Because, no, really, if, if you come from a state like Florida, you have certain white people who believe, not just white people, but you have certain people who believe certain things about China, right? These are people who would never step foot in China. If you are white and you still choose to come here after hearing all the things you've said, uh, that have been said, that makes a difference to me. It's like, okay, all right, you might be all right, kind of thing. And so I, I, that's that's kind of what I... Okay. Anybody else want to go? Well, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. You go first. <laughs> the, the camaraderie becomes stronger. Yeah. Okay. Because we're... 
it's like we're on we're totally on a different planet. Right. So who are we gonna rely on? We're gonna rely on who are we gonna connect with the most the people right. who are right. foreigners right. amongst ourselves. So when you see another American, whether it's white, black, Spanish, or just a foreigner in general, you're gonna feel like, man, yo, we're in this experience together. Right. We're in the same movie. Right. Right. The China movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're in the same yeah. movie, but right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie, JQ. It's a movie. Yeah, it's a, it feels like a movie. It's very surreal. It's like I said, like I actually didn't perceive as much racism when I lived in the States, but it came became more obvious when I left. But I will definitely say, yeah, when you live in China or any foreign country, I had the same experience when I lived in Japan for three years. Um, there is more com- camaraderie between... I, I basically will say I became friends with people that I probably wouldn't have become friends with in the right. USA oh, by so. living in China and Japan. But I have that on both both ends of the spectrum. And a lot of it does boil down to relying on people. And, right. and some of it, I, I don't want to be negative sounding, but some of it is, isn't necessarily chosen. It's like you have to rely on human beings. Right. You have to rely on people. And when you're in a situation, you're in a country whose language and culture are different, right. you're going to rely on people you might not have relied on right. back home. So right. you'll be friends with people of all sorts of ethnic groups. But this has worked both ways because I've also been friends with some people that I would probably have definitely chosen not to be friends with, <laughs> including, for example, uh, a blatant racist, right. uh, closeted people, like people who are closeted in something that personally I wouldn't have a problem with, but which is illegal in China. Like uh, I knew a guy who was a Mormon missionary here in China or a guy who was a drug dealer here in China. And uh, I had to rely on them because they were the only people around me right. who, who would work with me at my school or at the schools. And I'd be friends with them. I would, I would not want to be friends with them. In a knowingly way. like the guy was from a polygamous yeah. cult in southern Canada or the guy was from <laughs> this is true I, right. I met people like this here yeah. like they or like he's selling marijuana illegally right. like I, I have never done that and will never do that but was the plug <laughs> yeah either connect yeah but like you, you rely on people and there's definitely more camaraderie because it's like it's like he said it's like you're on another planet right. or it's like you're in a movie it's very surreal right. there's a lot of people around you you can't connect with at any level because right. their language and culture are different so um, barriers between like Hispanic, white, or black Americans, right. or between Americans and Australians, or between Americans and Russians. Right. Like all of those things get broken down a lot faster, and you become friends with more people like that because you can't, because they're the only one. If you're like in a neighborhood and there's only one other person there who's right. not Chinese and speaks any English at all, and he happens to be like a Russian who wears a, who's like a USSR. Like a T-shirt, it's like I really don't like Yeltsin and and Gorbachev. I wish we were still the Soviet Union. Right. Like that type of person will still be my friend and 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 hang out with me on a daily basis right. because we can't speak Chinese as right. well, and we need to rely on each other. To say nothing of like black and white Americans, we should already be friends anyway. But right. we're definitely in this country, pretty much have to be. Right. It's just yeah. easier to break down those 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 barriers that we will have in the United States, just because it's just. The environment that we that we come from, and it's just it is toxic, and just taints our country in that type of way. And we are already going thinking like, you know, I'm black, he's white, I'm black, she's or she's white or whatever. So let me just stay over here. But in this abroad setting, it's like one, they speak English. That's that's all. That's, yeah. that's all. Yeah. I mean. and, then, and then they can relate to how I may feel about certain things because we're American. I think the fact that it's China. China is so different. Like they were closed up for so long. Right. No matter what part of the world you're from, if you go to China, it's just as different for you as it is for somebody from the other, you know, right. side of the planet. And it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, it's great that people can come and be friends with people that you would never normally talk to. Right. But at the same time, that kind of engenders this thing where, if you're sitting in a bar or a restaurant and you're looking around for somebody to talk to, and there's plenty of Chinese people to talk right. to, but you're like, oh, there's nobody here to talk to. It's like, <laughs> we've been here for, not you guys, but like somebody's been here for like five, six, ten years, twelve right. years that refused to learn the language, one, because it's really difficult, and right. people told you, you don't have to learn Chinese because you live in Xiamen or you live in Xiamen, right. yeah. you don't have to. It creates this sort of thing where Chinese culture, Chinese food, Chinese people are a wall you're constantly running up against, instead of just actual people you can actually learn to talk to and learn yeah. something from. Yeah. Right. And I do that all the time. I'm guilty of it just as much as anybody else. But if right. I just like check myself and say, you know, he's a guy, he's a person. Right. Ni hao, how's it going? They, right. you know, yeah, really excited. Totally. Very good That's point. Good. So, um, we're going to kind of change directions a little bit, slightly. 
or whatnot. Uh, I'll start with you on uh, JQ on this question. Um, how do you feel your social or economic status has changed not being in a predominantly white society? Oh, wow. So when you're in China, that's a very good question. When you're in China, you feel you're, you're only able to rely on yourself. Okay, so yourself is your wealth. Mm, say that. Self so, is your wealth. Yourself is your wealth. Put that on the shirt. <laughs> so pretty much when you're in this society, you become the business. Okay. You become the business. You become the entity. So being here, you're forced to be more independent, be more economic, mm -hmm. be more aware of how much you're spending. You're just more like, you're more like in survival mode. Mm. You know, so your decisions are much more smarter. Should be. Than if you yeah should be than if you are back home. Okay. Now, I wish I was like this, this mindset back home, because right? it would definitely change everything. Yeah. But it's almost like I had to move to China to figure that out. To okay. figure that out. Okay. Yeah. And then, do you feel like being away from a predominantly white society helped you? Oh yeah, you feel richer. Yeah, you feel richer. In mind and body, huh? Yeah, in everything. <laughs> How about you, Ben? How, how, how do you take that question? Do I feel richer being away from <laughs> Um, It, I don't know. I was never all that wealthy back <laughs> either. Um, I wasn't doing bad. I was doing, I just had a regular office job and I hated it, but it paid well enough. Right. And then somebody got me to come here and I was like, oh, I can use that English degree. Nobody ever uses that degree. <laughs> So, uh, it's like you said, you are what make like, you have to, right. you know, know what you can do, right. schedule your time. Cause if you treat one person badly or you're late or you do a bad job in a class or whatever right. it is, people talk, you know, and a lot of shaman especially is like word of mouth. Like, Oh, right. do you know this teacher, this right. foreigner, this white guy, right. he's bad. Don't, you know, don't deal with him. So if you, you have to really take care of like your, I know I'm not dressed to impress right now, but like generally you have to present yourself right. as what you plan on making money as. So, so, and this goes for, I guess, specifically you, you and Michael. So being away from the predominantly white society in America, socially and economically, do you feel your positions are the same, different, it's or it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, or do you, do you feel like you have to work harder or like, I is okay. It, um, I mean, realistically, I no. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's higher. Higher. Yeah, higher. it's okay. much higher. I, okay. I, uh, my experience is this: like when I lived in the states, I was kind of poor. I was a broke guy, like living paycheck to paycheck. And then I came to China, and that completely changed. Now I still lived paycheck to paycheck for a while, but that was because I would go out all the time, travel all the time. Um, you wouldn't make no smart decisions. Like no, I was making very dumb decisions, <laughs> and you know. At least for the first couple of years. And it was a lot of fun. And then, but like, eventually I started calming down and I started to realize that like in this country, and maybe this has changed in like the last eight years, but I still see it as like, if you are a foreigner, and I don't mean just white foreigner, I mean anybody right. who comes here, especially from a developed country like the United States, like you go up a whole tier. Okay. Like you, you go up. Now, um, as a white American, I can't really comment on how a black person or another person of color might feel, but the in general, I have noticed that um, white, but it's, it's, it's so weird, it's hard to explain. I think there is white privilege. I didn't believe in white privilege until I came to China, and it started to become very evident. Welcome, because it's even, party. yeah, <laughs> because I, in China, there is more white privilege, I think, than in the United States, because it's mm. the one place where people openly say, we won't hire this person to be a teacher at our school because they're black. But even though they have that here, I still think that black Americans, white Americans, anybody who comes to China from outside, we go up a whole tier oh, because the money we make as English teachers is actually a lot better than the average money other people make. Like the women I've dated or men I've been friends with here who are like white collar, I guess you could right. say, Chinese people, um, they they make like 6,000 RMB a month, which is about $1,000 for people at home. Whereas the lowest job, paying job I could get full time would be 10,000 RMB a month. Right. Lowest, right? right? And I was like, wow, how am I living paycheck to paycheck when I make this much more money? Right. Make, you're not making good decisions. Right? Yeah, right. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. Asia? Um, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, 
I would say that economic, I guess socioeconomically, right? Because being from America, you right. know, and the way you're supposed to do it, if you go through the right channels and get a job based right. on your qualifications, you do stand to make a lot more money, right? right. Um, even though in American dollars, I made significantly more money back home, right? right. Um, it goes a lot farther here. Yeah, my cost of living. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so um, I back home, I couldn't have started a business. I started a business here with little, you know, to no, um, right. like, overhead costs. Right. Like, not all, too many. All yeah. stuff. Right, right, low-key, right? And JQ said something. He's like, right. man, I wish I would have had this same mindset. Like, I guess if you couple the lack of stress, you couple right. the, um, yeah. I guess, the changes that happen when you are adapting to a new place right. and the, I guess, confidence and independence and, like, all this stuff to rely on yourself, it, it's crazy how much more progress you can make in a place. And I'm just incredibly thankful for that because I wouldn't have done this back home. Okay. So uh, we're going into the conclusion questions now. Um, what preconceptions did you all have before coming here to China? And how have they changed now that you've been here seven months, six, seven years? Yeah, life. For your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, how, like, so uh, we can start, we can go back to age on this. Because you, cause you've been here seven months, and so you, 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 it's going to be fresh, a fresh, you know, preconceptions. And now, like, after seven months, you've been here almost a year now. <laughs> to be honest, I had no. Uh, I you had YouTube. You looked it up on right, YouTube. Right, right, I did. Okay, so I guess, <laughs> I guess the only thing I was prepared for was just to be treated differently. Okay. You know, I was just mentally preparing myself for that. Um, mentally preparing myself for, um, I guess, culture shock, all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't really have. Because to me, Chinese people are people of color. Right. You know, it's like, hey, right. you're going from one hood to the next one, so right, let's right, go. And right. really, honestly, China is the hood. I did not expect that. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like hash all this out. I know I can't explain it to you right now, but China is just so different. You know, right. I thought that it would be not like a backwards place, but I thought like right. it would be like China was 15 years ago. Right. It's so high tech. Right. Like you know, people, everything's on your phone. They have cars. Yeah, it's like the ghetto fabulous. That's they have what it roads. is. Ghetto fabulous. <laughs> they have stores. <laughs> so they have a Walmart. I know. knew that. I knew that. But it's just like there's like an element of like, um, like I guess attachment to material things that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Yeah. I knew there were high consumers, but right. I didn't realize that that it was you know that deep. It was balling. Right. They was balling out of control. Yeah. Um, Malls on every corner. Right. Exactly. And so that that was a shock and I didn't expect that. Okay. It's not that I expect Chinese people to be broke necessarily, but uh, it was just it's just different. Okay. Yeah. Michael. What was the question again? Like so Oh my preconceptions. Yeah, and then how so, changed. You know, uh, when I lived back in the States, I never really trusted the depiction that the news ever gave of anybody's country. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to college, I was I majored in East Asian studies. So I studied all of the countries South Korea, Japan, Vietnam, China their culture and history, and especially their religions. I always found their religions fascinating, even though I'm not religious. That's something else. But I knew what kind of place it kind of was before I got here okay. from those studies. But I never experienced that. So it was, for me, it was kind of that experience of like, okay, I know what to expect at an intellectual level, but I've never actually seen it in my face. And then when you see it in your face, like, whoa. Totally you different know, yeah, it, yeah. Well, no, it was actually, it, 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 it actually confirmed a lot of the stuff I'd studied at home, but it was just like, there's a difference between like the visceral feeling and then right. actually like I read a book and saw a picture and then right. I saw that in my face. But um, <clears throat> all of the countries in Southeast Asia um, have kind of an insular mindset and a different outlook towards other people that's cultural and it goes back to their Confucian roots. And one of the things, this is kind of off topic from the question, but the one of the amazing things was that um, having lived in Japan for so many years and then in China and I've also been to South Korea and Taiwan is that you see that element and it's in sharp focus for you as an outsider but they all see each other as very different but it's there and the way that it kind of overrides other things so like Japan is a constitutional monarchy right. with a system very similar to the UK South Korea is a presidential system their constitution is a copy of the US constitution and then the China's their constitution and a lot of their values are come from Marxism right. and the Soviet Union. And then yet, despite the fact that they have these three very different influences on that, you can still see how very similar their mindset is and stuff. The way that right. they, they copy these or this or that idea uh, from whatever source. 
and the way they adapt it, and they try to like insert certain values into it, and it makes them all look very similar to one another, right. even though they have these three very different governmental systems and like their way of life. And mm-hmm. and when I live here in China, though, when I first got here, uh, my conception was that it would be poor, but it was going to have a very low cost of living, and I was going to live like a king. And that was true <laughs> for for a king while. Michael. Yeah, basically, I'd go out all the time. I traveled to so many different countries. I'd go out to bars and nightclubs every single night and save nothing. That was like the first three years, and then I started calming down. But um, it has changed a lot. It's much more high tech now. I lived here when there was no WeChat. I lived here when there were no cell phones. You had it was like, could you imagine China without cell phones? I was here when that was. It was like that. Um, You're like a cake. Yeah, it, and then but now it's completely different. But there's still a weird contrast because it's still, for me, it's still kind of like a poor country where there's not a lot of money. But everybody spends a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But you, it, there's a contrast between the richest and the poorest. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, if you're good with your money and you don't spend too much, you can still live here like you did ten years ago. And most of the people are very insular, and they're not—they're not racist, but you're just different from them. Right. And to you, to them, you're like a cartoon character or like somebody from another planet. And I, that's what I expected it to be like, and it was. Okay. <laughs> JQ. Well, your preconceptions my before preconception, you came, and then how I changed. I did not expect the Chinese culture to be this welcoming. Okay. Okay. So when when I came, I thought it would be much more closed. All right. So with that being said, um, over the years, over the time, you realize, like, man, yo, I really got really close Chinese brothers, like. Right. Who got my back here? Right. Like, like if something goes wrong, instantly. All right, you have somebody. You yeah, call. instantly you have somebody you can call. So I didn't expect that. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't even think of that even happening. Right. And so, um, with that being said, another preconception was the dating world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dating world. Okay, so um, I did. <laughs> I, I had no idea about the the structure of like you know the parents have a say right. in who the who the the man or woman can be with right so that was all new to me too understanding that whole right traditional right. type field right i didn't know about that at all you so, know now oh yeah, <laughs> you know now. but overall um it's it is a wonderful place um it is a a, a wonderful place it's different it's very different and i I feel like once you come here, you're never the same. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to be the same. Right. Then? I had, I, I had no idea what it would be like. I think it kind of goes along with what you were saying. As, as far as I knew, Korea, Japan, China, they were just all China. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Like, not, not, like, be much not in, like, a negative way, but if, but if somebody asked me, you know, what's the difference between Koreans and Chinese? But, like, there's a difference between like <laughs> I, I just didn't know. I never took the time to look it up. Right. And um, I had a friend that moved here, and he lived in uh, Chongqing, which is like the middle. Yes. Yeah. As China as China can be, right? Yeah. Wonderful place. China as you can get. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was there, and he was you know sending me messages and calling me and stuff. And he's like, "This you should really come check this out." I hate this city. There's too many people. It's it's yeah. Smoggy. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I'm not a shaman guy. I miss the old days. It's uh, too crowded stuff. But then he moved to shaman, and he was like, "This is much better. I can I can handle this. It's it caters to foreigners more. It's just right. easier, slower pace, maybe." And I still didn't have any idea what it would be like. I was like, "Man, I don't speak the language at all. I have no idea what the culture is like." And he's like, "Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just come on, like, okay." So I showed up. Uh, dressed much worse than this because I you know like 14 hour flight I, I had never left the US before like never gone overseas and I showed up and I looked like absolute crap and they had a problem with my visa or my a passport they said I some some guy said you look too you look homeless you look like you're gonna do something wrong. I was like okay okay cool change um, clothes I, I get into the airport, I go into the bathroom, and I walk in, and immediately this older man looks up at me and, like, spits on my shoes. And I, I didn't know, I was like, welcome to China. wow, welcome to China, this right. is awesome. Um, 
I was like, well, I hope this is, this is what it's like. You know, this will be interesting. That was the only like really negative thing anybody's ever done. And then that really set the bar. So like everything after that is like, you know, whatever, it's fine. And then uh, just my, my, my parents, when I first came, still thought, you know, it was like the Red Scare, us versus them. They're going to pick me up in a van and take me off and you'll never see me again. And then I came here and I was like, nobody cares about, nobody's interested in the slightest. They, yeah. they, they want to take a picture and they want to go By the way, war. Yeah. My, yeah, my mom was terrified. She was like, I would rather you join the army than go to China. I was like, I don't, th- I don't think it's that bad. And then I got here and I was like, I am the last thing on their mind. They do right. not care. They're glad that I'm here and that, I can teach their kids English, and that's exactly. a, that, like I'm just a utility to them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Exactly. I'm yeah. entertainment sometimes, right. I'm utility other times. Right. Otherwise, stay out of their hair, and they don't really care. So, last and final question, and uh, I'm gonna go with Asia on this one. How has your awareness of being black changed since being uh, in China? Well, um. I would say here I feel it more, but it matters less. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't feel heavy mm. here. No, really, I'm serious. It doesn't feel heavy here, and I'm not right. saying that every single day I walked out of my house in Tampa, right. Florida, I just right. just am burdened <laughs> by a heavy. No, right. <laughs> I just mean that here there is no context mm. for being a Black American. Right. Right. I don't. You know, except for when I have conversations with my Chinese roommate who doesn't. Like, who didn't understand, like, the tension. She didn't understand the transatlantic slave trade. She didn't understand, like, you know, there are aspects of black Americans. Like, that doesn't exist anymore, you know? Okay. (laughs) Um, To the extent that it didn't matter. So, um, it doesn't feel heavy here. Okay. You know, but I know that I'm black because my children remind me that I'm chocolate teacher. (laughs) Chocolate dropping. Chocolate teacher. Like, you know, but it's, it's... It's it's just like, it's a pleasant thing. It's like, I'm black and... um, yeah, so it's good. I love it. It's not, it doesn't feel problematic. It doesn't feel like there are any connotations, you know, uh, any like implications for being black, basically, okay. you know. Uh, I don't carry any of that American history with me. Okay. And sometimes that feels like a cop out, right? Like, I feel like with the things that are happening in the States, I feel right. like, oh, you should be more like involved. You don't have to defend your blackness. I don't have to defend it. Right. Yeah. Man. So, it <laughs> My, like, can you repeat the question? <laughs> it might be a little different. Yeah. Oh, no. But how has your awareness of being white, not black, being white changed since living abroad here in China? Um, I think it's like I said earlier, I, there's, there's an attached value to being white. And yeah, white, being white is a thing back home too, but here it's like a monet, there's a number there's an actual price to being white. And it's like, this is what you are. This is what you're worth. And in the beginning, it was a little weird because I had never, you know, if I understand your white value more, uh, I understand that there are a lot of places in the world where being white is definitely, that's what you want to be. If you can be that, it it sounds awful, but it's like, out there now that, boy, bleaching is a thing, (laughs) but it's like, you know, I, uh, I've known black teachers and they had to work a lot harder just right. to get the same thing. Right. I like most of the black teachers I know, their Chinese is fluent. Right. They work at it. They're like, if I don't do this, mm-hmm. I'm seen as being lesser than what you are and you're not great. I'm like, well, okay, it's not that I'm great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just when I first came, I was like a lot of white American guys that come here, they're like, right. one, you can drink a lot it's yeah. cheap you can right. you can drink on the street that was yeah. like a selling point to me right. somebody was like you can drink anywhere you want right. which is possibly the whitest thing anybody could ever say right. you can drink anywhere all the beer you want <laughs> i get it but you know um i guess i guess i don't even i've been here for so long i don't like i forget that i'm white in right. in china i would say that when I do encounter a, you know, somebody of color or, you know, a, a black American, it's not nearly as tense as it would be back home. Not that it's super tense back home, right. but here it's like, we're in this together. Sort right. Of thing. right. You know what I mean? But I do acknowledge that the process of getting on here is that much more difficult if you're black, just because of the notion of just the color of your skin. Not that Chinese people are inherently racist. It's just, right. 
It's just what they think, yeah. yeah. It's like harmless, but it's... Right. Yeah. Thank you. Well... Has your black awareness been, you know, taken up a notch? Or is it, you know... I, I'm going to speak from an entertainment Yeah, yeah, standpoint, yeah that's more, yeah. An entertainment yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I feel like me being African-American in China is um, a plus on the entertainment side. All right. Just because... Um, Michael Jackson's black, you know what I'm saying? Right. So he's the king of pop, and you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. But um, what I'm saying is, from an entertainment side, like, there's so much, um, there's so much that comes with that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. he's a black entertainer, so right. it's, it's a, there's a little more that it's a little more expectation that comes right. with that. Oh, because okay. what? Because what's been laid before us? Right. You know what I'm saying? The James right. Brown, the, all right. these, all this stuff, the jazz, right. all the all the root stuff that comes from the Black American culture. Right. So the expectation is higher when it comes to entertainment. Right. And so you feel like, dang, you feel like, okay, since I'm in China, I need to deliver that. I right. need to be a good representation of what that expectation is. Right. So with that being said, the the pressure is higher, right? And um, you feel different. You just right. feel a little bit different, right? Don't let us down. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with that being said, um, that's just from an entertainment aspect of things. Okay. okay. Yeah. Michael. Well, like I said, when I lived in the States, <laughs> I it's a weird way to put it, but okay. I wasn't aware really right. of so being you, so white. You, you would say you're more aware of it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't aware of being white, you could say, in the States. I mean of course I knew I was white, but like <laughs> I you know, you live in a neighborhood in, in Ohio, right. right, where it's like seventy, eighty percent white. We had like neighbors of all different kinds, I had a Filipino neighbor, I had a black neighbor down the street. Right you know, Hispanic neighbors, but it's mostly white. And for you, I guess as a, for me, as a white guy growing up in America, I was just like, oh, I'm just normal. I don't, everybody around me is normal. I don't right. care about anything. Right. When I come here, it's like, oh, that's right. I'm different from the average person right. and it becomes very aware. And I, it's like Ben said, there's a number on it. There's a value. And it's like, you're worth 10,000 RMB at this English school, right. you know, and the Chinese <laughs> people are only worth 6,000 RMB or 12, yeah. whatever. And they're, and they're so quick to, to say, oh, this is what you're worth. You don't even say like, "Hi, these are my qualities." Right. No, 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 no. That's yes, yeah. Your skin says this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Totally. You yeah, walk yeah. into an interview. It's like, here, here's my resume. I went to school. It's like, yeah, you're white, right? Mm -hmm. You have a U.S. passport. Yes, I do. You speak English. Sure do. Not well, but I I can speak yeah. it. I don't write it too good. Don't spell. But uh, yeah, okay, you're hired. Here's money. That's oh, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes don't admit it. Yeah. yeah, I've had one. Speaking of the people who come here with already have like having like a bad attitude, already having like a you know a racist in general or whatever. Um, I met a guy in Shanghai a few years ago, and he had only been in China for a few months. He said, and we were at a bar, and he had had a lot to drink or whatever, and he was being very candid. And I don't think he knew what he was saying. I don't think he understood the way what he said, but he was like, wow, people here really treat me differently, even though I'm white. And I was like, that's a weird way to put that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, now I know what it's like to be black in the U.S. And the room got quiet. It was like, what? Don't say that. Why what? would you say that? And he was like, no, I mean, uh, oh, just geez. in being different, I, I was just trying to make an example of, so, and I was like, it's not the same. Terrible, at all. terrible example. Exactly. <laughs> but I've, but I've heard this repeated, not like verbatim, but, right. I've, but I've heard people alluding to this, right. like, well, now I know what it's like. And then they just kind of trail off. Right. And I'm like, it's not the same at all. Well, right. it's fair though, because I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to say at face value, I walk into a room and something's different. I'm a minority. Yeah, I'm a minority. Right. You're a minority. And you so, feel the I, eyes on you. Now. Right. 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 Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I guess fortunately for them, it's positive. Right. Yeah. I I, I doubt he meant anything super negative. But right. 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 He was right, just right. talking way too fast for too his many drinks in at the bar. Yeah. yeah. But there are people that feel you know. Oh, it's a simple analogy. Black people are treated differently back home. I'm treated differently here. Therefore, 
it's the same, same thing. And yeah. it's like Definitely infinitely more complicated than right. that, you know. Right. But uh, yeah. Well, for those at home that feel that way, or those that live in China, now you have this interview <laughs> and these stories. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> uh, but so that's a wrap, though. I appreciate all of you being here. Um, hopefully, the the viewers at home enjoy all of you all stories and experiences based on these questions. And uh, yeah, it was good. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Gerard. Thank you all. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's a wrap. Wow. We out. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Hey, uh, uh, let's get a picture. Can we get a picture right here? Sure. Oh, yeah. We can just stay seated. We can just stay seated. Stay seated? Yeah.